Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I greet you once again in that glorious, matchless, and majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome once again to Kingdom Rock Radio, which is an exclusive program offered on the Kingdom Rock Network. To find out more about the Kingdom Rock Network, just log on to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. Well, on today's broadcast, you're going to hear part number five of the series entitled The Have and the Have Nots. It is subtitled The Burning Bride Part Two. We're going to go right back into the book of Revelation, the third chapter, and discover the mysteries of the lukewarm church. Why is the church so lukewarm? Well, we're going to find out more about that from Revelation, the third chapter, and I know that you'll be richly encouraged. All right, well, buckle your seatbelts, sit back, relax, because here comes today's message. All right, we're still, we are still currently in the series entitled The Have and the Have Nots. This is part number five in that series of The Have and Have Nots. Last week, we spoke from the subtitle, The Burning Bride. And this week, we're going to go back into a part two of that message, The Burning Bride. Uh, Revelation, uh, the third chapter, Revelation 3. We're going to start reading again at verse number 14 through verse 22. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time that you have set forth. We ask, Lord, that you would speak from heaven, speak by your spirit. And Lord, I pray, even as John the Baptist prayed, that I would decrease and you would increase. Let not my will, Lord, as you prayed, but, but your will be done. Speak your words, Father. Minister to your people minister to their hearts even now in jesus name let your hearts amen. amen all right revelation 3 uh, verse 14 are you there amen. verse 14 it says and unto the angel of the church of the laodiceans write these things saith the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of god i know thy works that thou art neither cold nor what nor hot i would that thou wert cold or what or hot so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot i will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest i am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art what wretched and what miserable and what poor and what blind and what naked verse 18 i counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and uh, white raiment now thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salves that thou mayest see as many as i love i rebuke and chasten be zealous therefore and do what repent verse 20 behold i stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come into him and will sup with him and he with me to him that overcometh will i grant to sit with me in my throne even as i also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne somebody just got something right there Verse 22, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. All right. So here again, we're in a series entitled The Have and the Have Nots. 
we're returning to biblical Christianity, a return to biblical Christianity. We've said in the past, there are so many ways that the, that the modern church has slipped away from the blueprint or from the pattern that the Lord established in the word. So many wolves have come in and deceived so many. The people have gathered to themselves teachers with itching ears. Uh, in many places, the church uh, is not on a mission for Christ. Uh, it is on a mission for money. It is on a mission for money. It's all about the dollar. And it makes you holler. <laughs> it is. It makes me holler. It's all about the dollar. Church has become business. I just watched an interview with, um, I think it was five, yeah, maybe five uh, mega church pastors. And uh, the interviewer was, was talking to them, and, and they were saying, well, the, the interviewer asked them, well, why your church is so large? And one pastor said, well, we give the people what they want. Um, one even said, well, at my church, we, we don't even want to have the appearance of church. He said, we have programs that are designed to meet the needs of the people. So many of these churches, not just mega churches, nothing against mega churches, but many churches, period, are geared toward the people, Amen. formed for the people, yes. and not formed for the one who made it, Amen. formed for Christ. Amen. Are you hearing? So you are living in that day and time right now. That is why the Bible declares that in 1 Peter, that judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. The Lord's got to come and straighten these things out. Well, how is he going to do it? First of all, he'll do it through the foolishness of preaching. Don't look at me like that. I didn't say the fool that was preaching. I said through the foolishness of preaching. Praise Jesus. And so we're seeing through the word of God uh, how church really is, how church should be, and what church should do, and who we as Christians are. Remember, we are not Christian buts. That is a term that is coined and uh, has been coined in this society today, right? Some say, I'm a Christian, but. I'm a Christian, but. Meaning that I will follow Christ as long as it is convenient for me. I am not willing to leave all for him. I'm willing to leave some for him. Amen. But here again, that's not Christian. That's not what a Christian is in the Bible. As we follow the Holy Spirit through the scripture, he reveals what a Christian really is. Right? We are followers of Jesus Christ, not part-time followers. And there's a difference. There's a book out saying, asking the question, are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you a fan or are you a follower? Do you just admire the ministry of Jesus? Oh, he was a good man. He was a prophet. He was a good man, but not following. You have to follow Christ. Are you hearing? Yes. All right. So as we go back in Revelation, the third chapter, and once again, I'm thankful that all of you are here today, and I plan to Give it to you as the Lord gave it to me. Still toe shoes on? All right, let's go get it. So we saw here in uh, verse number 15 that the Lord said, I know your works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. We'll do just a little bit of recapping. He said, I would that you were cold or, or hot. So then because you are what? Lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will do what? 
spew thee out of my mouth. Remember, we said in verse 15, uh, he said, I know your works. He, in this context, he's not talking about I know your sin. I know what you've been doing sin-wise. Remember, sin is the least. Now, the world is magnifying it, and the church is making it even bigger about sin, whether the sin is homosexuality, whether the sin is uh, um, you know, adultery, fornication, all the, you can go down the whole list of sins. There's a several lists of sins, but sin is not the main priority. What is the main priority? Receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. Why do we say that? Because the scripture says that if those that are born of God, those that are born of God, born of God or born again, cannot continue in sin. That is, they cannot practice sin. So the, uh, the, the behaviors, the sins, the errors are not the main issue. Because when that person, whatever sin they're in, once they truly receives Christ and the Holy Spirit of God, the deposit of God moves inside of them, the Bible says they cannot practice sin. They cannot continue in it. Now, I don't know about y'all. When I became born again, there was some stuff I used to do that I can't do it now. I don't want to do it anymore. I have no desire to do that. I've been brought out of the mud and I don't want to go back. My clothes are nice and white. I want to keep them that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I have a new mindset, a new attitude. But here it is, here it is in today's modern day church. The thing is to point the finger. You're going to hell because of what you are doing. You're filthy sinner. And so the, and so the mindset is to get that person to stop what they are doing and then come into the house of God. Right? Or the mindset is to get them to stop that and then they'll be acceptable to God. If you stop that, God will, will accept you. But here's the thing. They can stop um, doing whatever the sin is, you name it. They can stop doing that, but does the stopping make them acceptable to God? No. 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 What that does, that promotes self-righteousness, right? That promotes works. And it has nothing to do with Jesus. Matter of fact, there are whole other um, religions and other practices where people tell you, stop doing this. You'll be better if you stop doing this, stop doing this. And then you'll, you'll, you'll have better karma or you'll come back as maybe a pretty bird this time. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll do this. You'll do this. They promote works and Jesus is nowhere in the midst of it. Nowhere in the midst of it. So when we say being born again, I have faith in the Holy Spirit to change a person's life. When they are born of God, the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to change their lives. Now that person begins to get, is born of, of God. Now the second thing they've got to do is continue in the things of the Lord and be transformed by the renewing of their minds. Amen. 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 And continue to grow in the Lord and continue to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And then they will become overcomers. Yes more than conquerors but you've got to continue to be filled that is you've got to continue to study in the word get in the word you've got to continue to pray and when the lord calls you on fast you've got to fast you've got to seek his face are you hearing being born again is only the first step is only the doorway and then you've got to leave there and go on into perfection and to maturity it is for this reason that the lord causes that causes uh, calls into ministry the apostles the uh, the prophets, the, the pastors, the evangelists, and the teachers for the perfecting of the saints Amen. and for the work of the ministry. Are you hearing? Amen. 
All right. But so the Lord says here, I know your works here again, not talking about sin, but talking about our heart toward him. Our heart toward him, our love relationship toward him. I guarantee you, if you're hot and on fire for the Lord, you're not worrying about sin. When you do sin, you're saying, God, forgive me, clean me up. I want to be right in your sight. I don't want to, I don't want to lose your presence in my life. Once you've experienced the presence of the Lord, you don't ever want him to leave. You don't ever want uh, for his presence, the manifested presence of God to leave you. You don't want to ever, ever lose your relationship with him. Are you hearing? So if sin is on the first forefront of your mind, you've got things mixed up. Remember, the more you stay in his presence, the more you change. The more you stay in his presence, the more you change. The more you stay in his presence, the more you get in his word, the more you pray, uh, the more you seek his face, the more he matures you. As we said before, sin is a maturity problem. Are you hearing me? Sin is a maturity problem. It's simply maturity problem. They haven't seen something better. They haven't exercised themselves in better in the spirit of God. And when they do see better, when, you, when, they do, when we do see him and continue to see him, we'll become like him. And as we become like him, we move closer to him and further from that. Amen. Sin is a maturity problem. We can also say it's a proximity problem. Yeah, it's a proximity, meaning the closeness of something. If these drums represented sin. Did I play it? No, I'm not going to play it. I would play it, but I'm not going to play it today. If these drums represented sin, as long as I'm over here, I'm going to do what? Sin, right. If that keyboard represented the Lord, the further I move from the drums and closer to the Lord, the less I the less I sin. So the more I move closer to the Lord, sin becomes eclipsed. The more I move closer to the Lord, sin is further back. The more I move closer, and when I stand before him and with him, I guarantee you, you won't, you won't sin in his presence. I guarantee you, sin won't be on your mind. If there is sin in your heart, I bet you, you're going to hit the floor. prostrate before his holiness I bet you won't be able to stand there and think about it the closer you get to him the more sin is uh the further you get away from sin okay so sin is is a maturity issue and it is also a proximity issue so the closer I get to him the further I get from that does that make sense to you so again the works here is not talking about sin, but it's talking about our relationship with him. How our relationship with him is neither cold nor hot. He identifies what it is. He says it is what? Lukewarm. Let's look at that. Lukewarm. Now, let me bring this up again. It says, um, I know your works, how you are neither. Say neither. Neither, neither cold nor hot. Neither cold or, or hot. The word neither means to exist in one state or the other. You don't, if we look at this like liquid, the longer a glass of water stays in a cold environment like the freezer, the more it changes, right? The more it becomes cold. If you get another glass of water and you put it outside in the, let's say you put it, um, yeah, you put it outside in the the heat, right? Put it out there. The longer it stays in the heat, it becomes what? 
it becomes hot or it becomes warm, right? We can say we put the same water on a skillet on a stove. As long as the water stays in the skillet on the stove or the boiler, as long as it stays and the fire is on, the heat is on, it's going to become hotter, hotter, and hotter, and hotter, right? All right. The long, if the water exists in the heat, it's going to be hot. If the water exists in the cold, it's going to be cold, Amen. right? One extreme or the other. But if you have a glass of water or a bottle of water, and you put it in the freezer for a second, and put it on a boiler for a second, you put it in the freezer for a second, and you put it on the boiler for a second, Jesus said, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. You don't stay over here long enough to get cold. You don't stay over longer here to get hot. You keep going back and forth, back and forth. He said, you're lukewarm. And we discovered last week the word lukewarm. Let me give you a definition again. The word lukewarm means tepid, uh, out of the uh, Greek, tepid. And tepid means being, simplest form, half-hearted, half-hearted or apathetic. Feeling or showing a lack of interest or concern, indifferent. Feeling or showing little or no emotional response. Now, this has to do with love, your love for him. I'm going to show you that in just a second. Uh, lukewarm means tepid. It also means, of course, lukewarm. It means of the, soul, of the condition of the soul, wretchedly vacillating, or rather fluctuating, between a topor, or a topor and a, uh, fervor, a, a fervor of love. Now, we said the word topor uh, really has to do uh, with inactivity. And it really, it's like a, an animal going to hibernation. You know, and the fervor talks about a great intensity or a rare, intense heat. He said, you're going cold, cold to hot. You're going from being asleep or looking like you're asleep, inactive, to <laughs> He said, you're going through those extremes. Now, this has to do with your love. Here again, it says, fluctuating between a topor, um, and a fervor of love, of love. Now, we're talking about the church and the Lord. Hear this. This is the person you're going to spend eternity with. Okay? Think about in terms of marriage. You're about to marry somebody. Uh, do you, would you marry somebody today that says, oh, I love you so much, but tomorrow, oh, don't answer the call. Oh, it's him again. Mm, put that down. I don't want to talk to him today. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. The next day, oh, I missed your call. Oh, Snookums, I can't wait to see you, Snookums. Oh, I love you too, Pooh Bear. Mm, oh, yeah. And then the next day, what you want? <laughs> Can I help you? Would you want to marry somebody like that, that blows hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold? You can't depend on that. Amen. Amen. This is there. Now, here again, we're talking about the state of the church, the state of the end time church, the last of the churches that the Lord dealt with in the book of Revelation, the state of the end time church. In, in the end time church, the church is indifferent, half-hearted, don't know what you want. Do you want Jesus today or not? Are you hearing? 
They're vacillating. He said, I know what you are. You're lukewarm. That means you are going between the extremes and you're making me sick. Isn't that what he said? Look at that. Verse uh, 7, verse 16 says, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. The word spew, we talked about that, means to vomit, right? I will vomit you out of my mouth. You're making me sick because you won't make up your mind. If you're cold, I know I can, I can warm you up. If, you, if you're hot over here, you're doing pretty good. You got some fervor for me. He said, but you, you don't stay in one place or the other. It's kind of like somebody who leads somebody on. You know, do, do they like me or they don't? They do, they don't. They do, they don't. They do. Who wants to be right there in the middle, not knowing where the, where's our future together, baby? What are we going to do? If you catch them on the right day, maybe you get a good, good, a good answer. All right? Who wants to be in a relationship like that? And so here's the Lord talking to the church, his bride, right? Those that have made themselves ready. And he's saying here, hey, we can't do this. It's either do you want me or not? Are you hearing? This is talking about, lukewarm talks about their love, the content of their love or the type of love that they have. Is it cold or hot? Is it passionate and on fire for the Lord or is it indifferent? Apathy, just almost not, that's inactive. All right, so you need to begin to ask yourself to reveal to you, Lord, um, you need to begin to say, Lord, reveal my heart toward you. Lord, reveal my heart toward you. Historically, when the word of God comes forth, many people think it's talking to somebody else. And this is why the Bible declares that in the book of Hebrews, the word of God was preached to them as well, unto, as, well as unto us, but it did not profit them because it not, was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. In other words, they heard it, but it's, it's, I don't have to do anything with it. It's for them. He need to get it right. You know you do. Right? No, you need to say it's for me. The word of God is for me. So you need to ask God, Father, show me my heart toward Jesus. Show me my heart toward Jesus. If I am on fire for the Lord, show me how to get blazing for you. I can go hotter for you. I want to burn brighter for you. You understand? If I am cold, if I am indifferent, if I have an attitude of taking you or leaving you, then you know that that is not acceptable. And especially if you are lukewarm. You don't want to be in a position where Jesus says, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. All right, but let's go a little bit further today. As we want to look at, we see their condition. The Lord said, you're in a condition where I will reject you. I will vomit you. I will eject you, rather, eject you from my innermost being. He said, vomit has to go down the stomach, right? Making the stomach upset, and so it comes out. Right. As a matter of fact, back in Bible times, I've been told that the doctors, some doctors would give their patients lukewarm water to induce vomiting. To induce it. And so when he comes here, you lukewarm. They understood exactly what he's talking about. A lukewarm church. Are you hearing? And so but that was their condition. So now then the Lord begins to tell us, tell us why they're in that condition. 
So you need to hear these markers. Look at verse 17. What's the first word in verse 17? Because. He said you are lukewarm what? Because. Lukewarm what? Because. This is why, in other words, this is what produced the lukewarmness. This is what produced the lukewarmness. In other words, before they may have been hot and on fire for the Lord, but something began to happen and they became lukewarm. Does anybody want to know what happened? Now understand something. He's not just talking to them, but he is also talking to us. Let's see it. The Lord says here, because there are three things, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Now, when we go through this, you'll understand how this really, this is prophetic of today's end time church. Here again, he said, you are lukewarm because you say, I am what? I am rich. You say I am rich. The word rich there in the Greek means to be wealthy. It means abounding in material resources. Uh, this is a person whose heart and trust are in their wealth. You say this person is lukewarm, indifferent to Christ, going between hot and cold in their relation, in their love for him because of their wealth, because of their riches. Someone said, well, pastor, you don't have to worry about that. because I, I don't have two cents to rub because I know Jesus is not talking to me. And there's that pin drop again. <laughs> but look at the spirit of this. Wealth, you can't talk about wealth without talking about money. They trusted in money. They put their heart in money. Now, whether they had it or not, their trust was in money. You cannot have it and have your trust in money. Because you want money to help do this and that. And you say, if I had the money, I would do this, that, and the other. So trust can be put in money even when you don't even have it. Somebody ought to hear that. Because when you get it, I better keep my money. Putting trust in the money and not trust in God. I know it's written on the money in God we trust, but I pray you're not talking about the God of mammon, God of money. In the money we trust, but it's in God I trust. So here was the first, the first thing that they said. They, the Bible said, the Lord said, because thou sayest. In other words, this was the confession of their heart. Remember out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This was their daily confession. Either they said it out of their mouth or their attitude said it. I don't want you, Jesus, or I don't have room for you, Jesus, because I got this. I got some money or I'm seeking after money. Right. Let me show you an example of this. You can write this down or turn to it if you will. If you will. Uh, Mark 10, 23 through 27. I'm going to go ahead and read this. You can just write it down. Mark 10, 23 through 27. The Lord says uh, to the disciples, Jesus looked, looked round about and saith unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answer, answereth again and saith unto, saith unto them, children, how hardly is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? 
How hard are those are going to enter that put their trust in riches, trust in money? Are you trusting in money or are you trusting in God? Let me ask, ask that again. Are you trusting in money or are you trusting in God? Okay, one more time. Are you trusting in money or are you trusting in God? I'm so glad you said it nice and loud. Now let me see your checkbook and I'll tell you the truth. I can't get no talk. If you're trusting in God with the money, I should see it. I don't want to see your checkbook. You look at it. Psalm 62 verse 10 through 12 says this. It says, trust not. Uh, this is Psalm 62 verses 10 through 12. I'll wait for a second. I want you to get this one. Psalm 62 verses 10 through 12. It says, trust not in oppression and become not vain in robbery. Are you there? Last part of the scripture. I'll wait for a second. Now here's, a, this is a word of warning. It's a word of correction as it has to do with wealth. Here again, it says Psalm 62 verse 10. It, the last part of it says, if riches increase, set not your heart upon them. Or for many of you, I would say, when your riches increase, don't set your heart upon it. Are you hearing? Verse 10, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Verse 12, also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou render, renderest to every man according to his work. Now I'll read also 1 Timothy 6 and 17 for time's sake. I'm going to go ahead and read it. This will be out of the New Living Translation, 1 Timothy 6, 17. It says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Just ask those that had money in the stock market and everywhere else. Money is unreliable. Has anybody realized that yet? He said, which is unreliable? Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need uh, for our enjoyment. Amen. Don't put your trust in riches. Are you hearing? So first, why was the church, or why is the church lukewarm? Because they're putting their trust in money. Either trying to get it, or, or rather trying to obtain it if they don't have any, or they're putting their trust on the, the, the amount that they have acquired. Their trust is in the money and not in God. And how do we know whether the trust, your trust is in money or in God? Well, when it's time to turn it loose, can you turn it loose? Or is it always, I would, but, right? I love you. The second thing says, they said, first of all, they said, I am rich. Then they said, and increase with goods, meaning to have an abundance of outward possessions. I've got an abundance of outward possessions. Their stuff brings them comfort and or security 
In fact, uh, they can become, this people can become physically and emotionally disturbed at the thought of even losing the smallest thing. Amen. Amen. Anybody ever seen the, the movie, uh, the TV show Hoarders before? My Lord, at the thought of losing the smallest item, heart palpitations. And I'm not just talking about those that are in the world. There are many in the church that are hoarding, 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 hoardings. Yes, that. Can you turn it loose? You've had some pants, now you haven't worn since 1992. Can you turn it loose? Amen, amen, amen. I know you're hoping to get back in the pants. I know it. It's time to turn it loose. We can find security and comfort in our stuff. And have so much stuff that you can't get around. Yeah, yeah. And don't you understand that storage shelters and uh, storage places, that's billions of dollars a year. It's a billion dollar industry because we as Americans can't let go of stuff. Stuff you haven't seen since 1970, your old disco ball still up in there. Get rid of it. But pass that my disco ball. Why don't you hang it in your house then? I'm sure your wife will love it. <laughs> right, your old lava lamp and with the foot thing on it and all that. Right? Can you let go of your stuff? Do you have the stuff or does the stuff have you? Who are you trusting? Jesus said, you're lukewarm, church. You're lukewarm because you think that your money can help you. Whether you, you think that your bank account that's loaded can help you or you think that if you get more money, it can help you. You're trusting in the money, not in me. And then he says, you're trusting in stuff. You say, I'm, I'm increased. I got a lot of stuff. And when Jesus puts a demand on you to release it, I love you, Jesus. But he says, you're lukewarm, church. He says, you're lukewarm. And we can, you can just think about this or write this down in Luke 12, 13 through 21 of New Living Translation. I like the way this reads. Hear this. Luke 12, verses 13 through 21. It says this. Then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide my father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide which things as that, such things as that. I'm adding my little thing there. <laughs> then he said to disciples, I'm sure, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Amen. Let me say that again. Life is not measured by how much you own. Verse 16. Then he told them a story. I love stories. A man, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what shall I do? I have, or rather, I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, hmm, 
I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, self. It says here, New Living Translation, uh, my friend, you have you have enough stored away for for years to come. Now, take it easy. Eat, drink and be merry. It doesn't sound like the American dream. Sure, it does. You go, you make make as much money as you can so you can take life easy. Right. So that you can afford to travel and drink pina coladas and stuff on the beach. So you can go see the world. So you have done well. It's time for you to retire. You worked hard. You did a good job. You worked hard. Now it's your time. And for your faithfulness, it's your time. Anyway, now, now we say it's your time, right? Now you get to do what you want to do. You got enough money saved up. Hey, it's all about you, right? American dream. Yeah. But what does God say about that? Verse 20. But God said unto him, you fool. Who never want to hear God say that to you. Believe me. He, God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Let's clap again, brother. That's a good clapping point. Again, I'm not telling you having money is bad. No. Have all the money you can have, but just don't let the money have you. Get the big job. Get the fancy job. Make six figures, seven figures a year. Praise the Lord. But don't let it consume you. Hallelujah. So he says they're lukewarm. This is a lukewarm church because of three reasons. They're one, they say or they confess, I'm rich. Secondly, I got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff. Isn't that today's modern day? Yeah, you better bet. And last he says, oh, this is the most deadly of them all. He says, and have need of nothing. I have need of nothing. I don't need anything. Now, if you think about a cup or a bottle of water, does this bottle now, some of you may be able to see it, does this bottle need more water? Could it use more water? Is there room in here for more? Yes, it is not full, is it? When this bottle says, I don't need no more. When the bottle says that, it is saying, it is confessing that it is full and he has no room for anything else. So when the people say, I have need of nothing, meaning I have no more room. I have everything I need. I don't need anything else. I don't need anybody else. Remember, all this relates to their love, the condition of their love relationship to him. So they're saying to, they're saying to Jesus, I don't need anything else. I can go to church or not. I don't need to hear more preaching. 
I heard it last week. Why would I want to hear it again? I was in the church. You understand? I don't need it, meaning there's no more room. And when they confess this, there's no more room. I have no need of anything, no need of the relationship. Where does that put Jesus? Well, verse 12, verse 20 tells you where that puts Jesus. Let's read verse 20, Revelation 3, 20. The Lord says what? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. There's no more room for Jesus in the house. So now Jesus is outside the house, knocking to come back in. Because they've confessed, hey, money will take care of me. I have a lot of stuff. I don't have any room for this relationship. And this puts Jesus outside. And so the Lord says, but you don't realize, we won't get into all of this, but he said, but you don't realize now, this is his confession. They said that I'm rich and increase with goods and need nothing. And the Lord said, don't you know or know it's not or you are fooling yourself. You are self-deceived. He says, know it's not that thou art what? Wretched and what? Miserable and what? Poor and blind and naked. Wretched meaning they're enduring toils and troubles. You know, don't you know that money can't solve all your problems? Amen. Amen. If it was, those that were filthy rich would be the happiest people on earth. But they're not. So you can be, you can have a lot of stuff, but still have a lot of trouble and toils. The Lord said, don't you understand your own condition? He says, you are poor. He was talking to the people that say rich. And the Lord said, you are poor, meaning uh, that you are uh, helpless or powerless to accomplish an end. You're reduced to beggary, asking of alms. The Lord said, I see your real condition. You're poor. You're reduced to begging. You're blind. That is in the context here. In the Greek, it means to be mentally blind. When someone's mentally blind, what would you call someone who is mentally blind, who is foggy in mind? Delusional, yes. Yes, we could say delusional, but there's a... Yes, that we would say that they're not entirely smart, put it that way. <laughs> Whose mind is blinded. They don't think correctly. So they're not entirely smart. A few fries short of a Happy Meal. The elevator didn't quite go all the way up to the top. Are you hearing? He said, you think, y'all think you got it all together. Here again, here in this relationship, this between them and the Lord. Y'all think y'all got it all together down there. You put me out. You have no room for me. But don't you see your own condition and see his heart toward them? I love y'all, but y'all keep rejecting me, saying that you don't need me in your life. Don't you know that you are wretched? You are full of troubles. You're actually very poor. Don't you know that, uh, th that you are blind? I mean, you're mentally dull there. You're blind. And don't you know last that you are naked? In other words, you are exposed to the elements. Your weaknesses have been exposed. You're exposed. Cover up. Are you hearing? That's the real condition. But what caused that condition? Money and stuff. Money and stuff. And I told you that today, today's modern day church, less than 10% actually tithe. Jesus. 
that is to honor God in their giving, honor God in their finances. Less than a tenth. Ooh, tight but right. Let's cl and close out. He gives them an answer here in verse 18. I counsel thee to buy of me. In other words, make an exchange with me. Now, how much money can you give to God? Not enough. What is he looking for? You. He's looking for all of you, 100% of you. This is how you're going to buy from him. This is how you're going to make a transfer. He wants all of you. And thus is the problem. That's the problem. Can we truly say that we've given all of us to God? Are you in the process of giving all of yourself to God? I got a few honest answers here i am also in the process i want to give all to him but there are some blockers and hindrances in our hearts let's look at verse number 20 again he says well verse 18 says i counsel you by me gold tried in the fire that's representing faith and uh have and white raiment that thou may be clothed that's talking about righteousness and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear right and then he goes on to say, and anoint thine eyes um, with eye salves that, they, that thou mayest see. Obviously, they weren't completely blind because uh, eye ointment cannot cure that, but it can remove whatever's holding back your sight. So they thought that they could see, but they were only seeing partially. They thought that they had a, a few you know, things. They knew a few things, but Lord said, you're blind. You don't see everything. He said, make that exchange with me. Give me your whole self. He says in verse 19, as many as I love, I, I, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Now, here is the rebuke of the Lord before we get to verse 20 and finish for the day. He said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Can you receive the rebuke of the Lord? Can you receive the correction or the disciplining of the Lord? The Lord said, if, if you be not chastised of the Lord, you're not a son, but you're actually an illegitimate child. Putting it mildly. Okay, the Lord says, you don't belong to me if you cannot take correction. He says, take this correction, and then he says, be zealous, therefore, and repent. In other words, do it now. Do it now. Don't give it another thought. Do it now. Make the change now. So today, here you are. You are now faced with the word. And I believe we've been successful today. The word of God has shown you a picture of you and your condition. Now, the question is, as you look in the perfect law of liberty, and be not a forgetful hearer, but go out and make the necessary changes following the Holy Spirit. Amen. You'll be changed and be better. But if you come into the house of God today, look and see, oh my God, Lord, you got to really help me. Then go out. What, 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 was, what was said today in church? I don't know, but we had a good time. Pastor Joe preached that he was so crazy. He was so crazy. <laughs> He passed it crazy. He did something like that. You know, he did so crazy. He did crazy. You look into the perfect law, God's word. He showed you the problem. But are you going back to correct it? Amen. Are you seeking him? Last, verse 20. It says again, behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
He says, stand at the door and knock. If any man, what? Hear my voice and open the door. I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Here's the problem. Here's the solution and also the problem. He said, if you would hear my voice, hear it. He's not talking about if you got, take out the wax in your ear, you got too much wax. No. He said, if you would hear me, if you would allow my word to penetrate into your heart, if you would not reject it, throw it away, oh, it's for somebody else. He's not talking to me. He said, if you would hear me, if you would allow your life to be changed by what I say, will you hear me? If you hear him, you receive his word, then open the door. And Jesus said, I'll come in. He said, I'll come in unto you. Isn't that what the word says there? Uh, uh, look at that one more time. He said, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. I love that. I will come in to you. And that's part of the problem. Jesus is outside and he's not in us. Because there's no room. All of your problems can be solved with this. The manifested presence of the Lord in your life. By how much you give of yourself to him. All other areas and conditions pale in comparison. Our whole life should be spent in pursuit of him. In pursuit of a love relationship with him. It shouldn't be a matter of, I'll do this maybe, I'll do that maybe. Hmm, God, I've heard it, but you know, uh, no. Our whole life should be, super, uh, should be a pursuit of him. This is how the bride is making herself ready because the bride is not concerned with money and stuff. It's concerned only about him. Are you hearing today? We're done today. Give Lord a hand of praise. We'll stop there today. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.